are going to be actual people in the stand at PNC Park today. That is exciting. It finally happened. Fans are back in the stands. You know what? One day ceasefire of everything that's going wrong with the Pittsburgh Parks. Let's just enjoy that. There's going to be 161 other games or 155 after after Thursday to say, man, this team just isn't particularly good. Let's enjoy one. Let's enjoy one day. Good morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. My name is Alex Stump. I am recording this just coming back from Cincinnati where the Pirates got their butts thoroughly handed to them by the Cincinnati Reds, which just two instant reactions. One, that Chicago Cubs team, actually I'll make it three. One, that Chicago Cubs team isn't particularly good. Two, that Reds team looks a lot better than maybe I gave them credit for. And three, no, this isn't a good Pirates team, but that's that's hardly a hot take right there. We all kind of knew that this wasn't going to be a good Pirates team. And there's nothing that they really can do to become a good Pirates team this year because all the truly talented people or people with potential, or not all, but most, are in the lower levels of the farm system. That's where Priester, all those young pitchers, like legitimately the biggest prospect who could come up this year is Cruz if they could find a position for him. And they don't really know when that'll be, where he will play, exactly where he stands as a prospect anymore. I mean, he's still considered top 100 because, you know, this guy's got insane raw power, but there's still a lot of question marks around him. And, you know, you just got to see where the guy lands right now. But that's kind of like the ceiling of, okay, this is where the next guy could be. Like, two years from, in 2022, we could be talking about Gonzalez, Peguero. The year after that, we could be talking about Priest during that just wave of pitching. This is kind of the ugly, ugly year of it all. Where you've got to rely on, well, not rely, but lean a little bit on, you know, the Tyler Andersons, the, the Trevor Cahills, the... For, for lack of a better <laughs> hitting comp, the Gregory Polanco's, you know, just a guy who's around for one more year. This isn't a talented, you know, that talented a roster. I, I flat out broke it down in Cincinnati of, look, a lot of these guys just aren't going to be around for long. Which makes it a bit surprising how fast people have turned on this coaching staff. Like, I, I, I'm not going to go here and say that, you know, Derek Shelton is 100% the guy. There is unequivocally, he is the man. There is no other per- person that the Pirates could possibly go to in this regard. Or that Oscar Marine is in that same boat. Or really anyone on this coaching staff is just the true servant. There is no one else that they could go to at this point. But this is especially for for Shelton and and for Marine seeing calls for them to get fired. It's like you guys do realize it's been 66 games. 60 last year and then 6 so far this year. And it's not even really 66 games, and oh my goodness, this team is just performing so much worse than we ever could have imagined. It's 66 games with not 
that talented a roster that isn't performing well. There's nothing here that's particularly shocking. Like, I I don't think last year's Pirates team was the worst team in baseball, talent-wise. If they played more than 60 games, the Pirates wouldn't have the the first overall draft pick. I'm, I'm just convinced. But, it's probably for the beneficiary. They're the beneficiaries now, you know? The difference between getting the pick between Rocker and Lighter versus winning, I, I don't know, three more games last year and missing out on both? Yeah, those, those are the three best losses the Pirates franchise has had in a long time. That's good for them in the long run. And not saying that this is a tank. It's a rebuild. It's an early stage of a rebuild, and it's going to be ugly for a little bit. Not a true tank, but whenever you trade away most of your talented players, your guys who have been an all-star in the past, like Marte and Bell, pitchers who could be legitimate middle to front of the rotation guys like Musgrove and Tyon, this, this tends to be expected. I, I don't know how much you can throw at the feet. Of, of Shelton and Marine, like, I, I kind of got the Eckstein hate. For me, personally, what Rick Eckstein did with Cabrian Hayes, what he did with Key in spring training, 2020, bottom of year immunity, as far as I'm concerned. Because he did what no one else in the Pirates development system really could, and they figured out that swing definitively. They found the problem. It's been addressed. It was in the back leg. That's not to say that he will never, you know, slump or whatever. But the swing is rock solid. And it's due a good part to Eckstein as a hitting coach. I'm sorry with just where this organization is right now. I know last year was a historically bad year for the Pirates offense. Eckstein earned a buy. I know that's going to be kind of controversial, but just where this... Team is heading, player development, that's important. He got a buy. That's not to say that, you know, at the end of this year, they shouldn't let him go or anything. But for now, for now. But Oscar and Shelton are the two guys in particular where it's like, they're going to be back in 2022. I get the concerns about how Mitch Keller has all of a sudden really struggled. To hit the strike zone. Like, okay, that's unexpected. But in the grand scheme of things, how how long has this problem persisted? Like, those last two starts of last year and then the first one of this year? I mean, geez. Are, are we overreacting a little bit over three starts in the spring training? Let's, let's let the season develop a little bit. Let's let the season develop for, for some of these guys. Let's see what happens with, you know, the player development. Because that's really what matters. That's the only thing that matters about the 2021 Pittsburgh Pirates is how do these guys develop in the minor leagues, in the major leagues, guys who can actually be a part of the future, that next competitive team. Where do they stand at the end of this year? And are they better than they were at this point last year? Or at the end of the season, where they were at the beginning of the year? That is going to be the ultimate benchmark. That's the only benchmark that matters about the 2021 Pittsburgh Pirates. In 2023, 
Or even I'll, I'll even hear a little bit of 2022 whenever some of those young guys start to come up and be like, look, you can't lose 100-plus games with all these guys. There, there's some actual talent up in the major leagues. I'll hear that. Right now, wins and losses don't matter. Like, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that, oh, man, this Pirates team is better, you know, than they were three games ago because they played the Cincinnati series. I mean, they, they got their butts handed to them. It's an ugly loss. But I think everyone expected this team to lose somewhere between 90 and 110 games this year. Like, if you were the eternal optimist, you looked at, like, you know, 72 and 90 could happen. And if you're a real pessimist, this team's going to win only 50 games. I think that that's the bell curve. That has 99.7% of just all the results. And are we really going to split hairs over a little bit? Over a couple wins and losses? I, I, I don't get it. I know it's only been 66 games, and yeah, we've had time to stew on that last season for Derek Shelton. And in the entire coaching staff. But it's barely been a sample. The whole point of this thing is, you know... Everyone has to be on the same page. Shelton, Charrington, Williams, you know, this has to be a group project to get through, a group effort. And maybe we'll find out that Derek Shelton is, you know, a John Russell. In that, yeah, he saw some of these kids, but he wasn't the right guy to lead in, in the grand scheme of things. Or, you know, Derek Shelton might be a Rod Garden hire. In that, he saw those kids, and then he started leading his teams to division championships. Twins Rod Garden Hire, I guess I should clarify, instead of instead of Tigers Garden Hire. That one didn't work out as well. Neither one is really on the hot seat. Not even really. They're not on the hot seat. They need time. Same way with everyone else in the organization. They need time. I, there are players who need to improve. Mitch Keller cannot go a whole season throwing like 2017 Tyler Glass now. He's too important for the future of this organization. Key has to keep hitting. He can't, whenever he finally does get back, he can't slump away. The clubhouse cannot get too down to the point that it's like at the end of the 2019 season where Hurdle completely lost it, and that's why he needed to go more than even just the losses. Just It was such an apathetic group. Right now, I don't see anything that really calls, like, no, these guys are absolutely the wrong fit for the job. And I get there's passion. People get angry. Anger needs to be directed at someone. I don't know. I, I just think it's a bit of an overreaction. Maybe, maybe the anger will just get more... You know, I asked this in the live file today, and I think I just answered my own question right here. Of like, who becomes the whipping point once Polanco inevitably leaves? And it's like, oh man, is it going to be Shelton? It might be Shelton. Because you can't put it on Keller. He only plays one out of five games. That's that's lazy to put it on, to put too much at his feet. We're going to take a break. Whenever we come back, there's one pirate in particular, and it, it, it's probably don't do it. He's really impressive.
welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. Philip Evans. I I will be honest. I didn't expect him to make the opening day roster. I thought Todd Frazier was going to just knock him out of the mix. Because it was going to be a four-man bench. Frazier was hitting it off. He was playing well. Corner infielder put him in the back up there. Like, there are just so many things that just like, okay, Todd Frazier is just going to be the guy. Philip Emmons is a redundancy at that point. Pirates kind of surprised me and a lot of other people by saying, no, we're going with Emmons. And they cited the versatility, and yeah, we've seen him bounce around three positions over the last three days. Starting. That's different. Um, but he's looked really good. In general. Like, I, I know he batted, what was it, like 359 last year? But that was an incredibly small sample size. I remember more than a few bloops or bleeders that, you know, some were going to fall in. But he, he had a very high success rate on those that absolutely would not have carried over for a full season. And yes, I know I'm basing this 2021 look at Philip Evans on an even smaller sample size than that 2020 season. But he looks confident. He puts the bat to the ball. He hustles. He does a lot of things that, you know what, if you're signing up for a 100-plus lost season, and you have to watch, you know, as a fan, that's the type of guy that I think people will gravitate to. The guy who, this is not to say that anyone is going through the motions or anything with the parts because they're not. It's, or, if, or if they are, I mean, my goodness, get rid of them in April. Don't let them spread as a cancer for the team. But Philip Evans quite easily wears his heart on the sleeve. That even in the worst type of game, you look at that guy and you'd be like, you know what, he gives a damn. And you know what, whenever you're going to lose 100-something games, give a damnness is a very good trait to have. He reminds me, I, I, I have brought this up in the past, I, I am a child of Pittsburgh, I grew up here in the South Hills, born in the 90s, but really, especially as a baseball fan, uh, grew up in the aughts. Philip Evans really reminds me, blast from the past here everyone, of Rob Makowiak. The, the wonder kid who could play all over the diamond who, you know, whatever he did get everyday opportunities, he did pretty well. But he's the very, very good super utility player. The type of guy that most teams could find a spot for. And that's what ended up happening with with uh, Makoviak. He was inevitably traded to the White Sox whenever they were a good team. I don't know if he was on that actual World Series winning team. I think it was a little after. But they were still competitors at that point. So that was, you know, like, look, Makoviak's a real part of a, of a good ball club. That's kind of where Philip Evans is right now. You know, he's, he's a, well, not a good ball club, but he, he's a legitimate part of this team right now. With Hayes out, he's basically in the everyday lineup. Whenever Hayes comes back, I wouldn't be shocked to see him continue to bounce around. 
in kind of like 2014 Josh Harrison style, where Harrison did eventually find a spot at third base and settled in there. But those first couple months of the season, you saw him in right one night, saw him as a second baseman the next. He was used as a pinch hitter. Like just a bunch of little find this guy at bats type of deal. I know people are going to just say, we'll put him out in right field instead of Polanco. And yeah, yeah, I'm not going to necessarily argue with that. But Polanco, the Pirates didn't just spend, you know, a whole offseason defending him just to pull the plug on him, you know, (laughs) in April. For better or worse, he's going to get some starts out there. And it's going to be only to the point where it's like this guy absolutely cannot play. Do they finally give up? Even though Wednesday, I'll be honest, those were some of the ugliest swings I have ever seen out of him. Like the the one that Pitching Ninja put out, like it was a, it was a really good Luis Castillo changeup, but um, it was just. I think he didn't have, hold on to his bat with his bottom hand whenever it like he finished his follow through. It was just his top hand. It's like, what are you? doing man you had a day off you had a work day and that's how you come out of the gate from that like oh man that's that's not good Evans does a lot of things right and yes sometimes the hustle will bite you like it it did on Wednesday he slid to try to catch up catch up to a ball in the corner and it turned a what should have really been a double into a triple but you know what? Earlier in the game, he did the exact same thing, and he cut off a double, got the guy trying to go to second base. That was an impressive turn from him. A couple assists in general. One was, you know, assisted. But two assists in one game? How many times do we see an outfielder do that anymore? Especially since he isn't a, a true outfielder. He's, you know, a, a true utility man. Evans, just a quick career recap. Split time between the majors and minors with the Mets in 2017-2018. Was let go, went to the Cubs, looked to be in that same situation with them in 2019, and he never got the call. And you know what? Maybe that was the best thing that happened in his career. Because he looked a lot better in 2020. And we're seeing a lot of those things that he did well in, but we saw them in spring training, and now we're seeing them in in the regular season. That's the number one thing. Like spring training stats don't matter. Yes, blah 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 blah. But there has been research that it has shown that contact rate is like the one thing that truly does carry over. We're gonna see, you know, going forward now that we are able actually able to actually track exit velocity to a lesser extent. In spring training games, you see how that translates into the regular season. I put that in the Brian Reynolds mound visit. We don't know for sure, but I, I, I imagine it stands to reason that if you're hitting the ball hard early, you're going to continue to hit the ball the same way that if you make contact early, you're going to keep making contact. And that's what Evans has done. He's got a little pop. He's gotten an extra base hit, you know, in the last three games. And the day before that was a three-hit performance. This is a year where a lot of people can become apathetic about the Pirates. It's also a year that Derek Shelton 
Ben Charrington have talked about meritocracy and how there's competition and how players are going to have to earn their at-bats. And I feel like there's a Venn diagram of players who really, like, people who want to care about the Pirates but want to see that hustle, want to show that, that give a damnness, versus players who are really making the most out of opportunities. And I feel like Philip Evans is a hand, one of just a handful of players who are, like, in the middle of that Venn diagram. I don't think he's going to be, you know, the, a, a starter for the next great Pirates team. Or, you know, even maybe on that next competitive Pirates team. But here's a guy who is doing something good right now. At a time where there isn't a whole lot of good stuff happening with the Major League roster. Reward him. Keep him in the lineup for a little bit. Let's see what happens. Let's ride the Philip Evans hype train until the brakes fall off. What, what else is there to lose in the 2021 Pittsburgh Pirates baseball season thank you for listening to the podcast to be named later here on here on dk sports radio if you haven't already be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts itunes spotify stitcher we've we're everywhere we're everywhere be sure to subscribe get everything be sure to tune in on saturday for young bucks that's the pirates show that jared prugar and i host and hey, if you're not going to the game on Thursday, hey, try to sneak a little bit of it. Like, sneak a little on TV, on a stream, on the radio. Just, you know, it's going to be, it's a joy. Yes, it's a bad team, but baseball is a joy. That's why we care. Just as like fans of the game, of the sport, of the activity. This isn't going to be the worst Pirates team of all time. Probably not, at least. Who knows? I, I might end up bite. That might end up bite me in late September. We'll see. Someone call me out if that ends up happening. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy opening day. We'll talk to you again next.